Welcome to episode number 126 of the Church Collective Podcast. You're really going to like this one. In this episode, myself and Chris Bellamy had the opportunity to talk to Sarah Reeves, who is just a fantastic worship leader based out of Nashville. I uh, plugged into the Belonging Church over there, and uh, she's got some fantastic stuff coming. So we're going to jump right in with episode number 126. I am kind of in the middle of working on a project. Um, it's been a long time since I've released anything. So um, working on that. And also on a tour called Winter Jam, hmm. um, which has been really fun. So I'm definitely filling up my days. Today is like my first day off in a long time. So <laughs> it's good to be home cleaning my house right now and talking to you guys. Sure. So um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. It's been a fun season. So I'm excited to release new music soon. I have a single coming out on April 7th. Hmm. Are you in the writing process right now? Um, yes, I, I'm in the right. I've written a lot of songs, um, and I have about three-fourths of um, the songs picked out for my record. Um, but I'm, you know, kind of still writing and recording at the same time. <laughs> and uh, I feel like when I get in the creative process, when I get in the studio, new songs come that, you know, I actually end up liking better than songs that I've written a year ago, you know, mm. and that's kind of what, what's happening right now is um, I'm just writing and we're finding that we're liking these songs and so we're putting them on the record and it's a lot of fun. Sure. So you're, um, you're based in Nashville, right? Yes, I am. So who are you writing with and, and like what studio are you working in? Um, I am working, my producer is Robert Marvin. Um, he actually comes from the pop world and, um, he is just a a close friend of mine. We go to church together and he had just uh, an encounter with the Lord like two years ago, um, and felt like God wanted him to step away from music and just kind of live real life for a little bit. And, um, during that season, he just really, um, you know, just put God first and his family. And, and then, you know, I got to know him during that season. And I had also been kind of away from music and just kind of finding myself away from it, you know, and, and as we started becoming friends, I I knew of him, I knew his name, and I I really wanted to work with him. (laughs) And so knowing that he wanted to, he has a passion for worship music. We go to the same church, like I said, um, and I have a passion for worship music, and we both have this passion to to push the limits of worship a little bit. And um, so him coming from this mainstream pop world, and then me coming from worship, but we're both you know passionate about worship. It's been really cool to collaborate and to get in the studio. And it's a it's a new sound. It's a different sound, mm. um, and it's not your typical like straight up worship. But um, it's something that I'm really excited about. Sure. Um, it's sounding really fresh, and so I'm writing with him and um, a guy named Josh Silverberg. He's an amazing writer. Um, Ian Kagi, uh, just a few people that I admire, and they inspire me, and we're having a lot of fun. I'd love to pick your brain too on um, the kind of reference at worship. It, it feels like there's a lot of the same kind of stuff coming out of worship, and it almost feels like a lot of people are literally like trying to write the new stuff or trying to figure out what the new is. 
Um, yeah. You got maybe anything to speak to that? Are you guys feeling tension with that too? And like, where, where, where do you think it's going? Yeah. I mean, I think it's different for everybody. You know, I think God is, has called different people, you know, he's giving, he's given worship leaders different gifts and different sounds. You know, Chris Tomlin has a gift, you know, he has a sound. Carrie Job, she has a sound. Um, David Crowder, he has a sound. And I feel like, you know, there's always been this wrestle inside of me for the past, ever since I've been a worship leader, 10 years. And I felt like I had to choose like, okay, I, I'm either a worship leader or an artist. And, you know, there was this side of me that really, I loved songwriting and I loved like writing quirky melodies and fun and pop. And, you know, I love electronic music. And, but I was like, but that's not, that's not worship. So I can't, I can't choose that either. I'm that or I'm worship, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, then I felt like God just spoke to me and he's just like, Sarah, like I've given you a sound and I've given you a passion for, this sound for a reason and um what you're going to carry to the table is different than what you know that person carries to the table or what this person you know and so i don't think it's it's like a a matter of this is where worship music is going i think Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of someone releasing what's inside of them you know and whatever that is whatever comes out that is the most what i've found is the most naturally you know and Mm -hmm. what makes me feel alive that's what that's the kind of music that I want to make. Those sure. are, those are the kind of songs that I want to write. Yeah. And so I think I, I just, I don't want to label the, the sound of worship music in, anymore. You know what I mean? Sure. I think it can be anything and everything. Right. Um, as long as the lyrics are glorifying to the Lord, um, that is pleasing to him. That is worship to him, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's ha- what I'm learning. Do you have any encouragement for someone who's hearing that and really resonating with it and maybe beating themselves <laughs> up because they can't, they, they've spent a lot of time trying to emulate what they're hearing on, in worship. Right. And you got any advice for someone who's like, man, that sounds cool. I'm going to find my own sound, but I have no idea how to do that. Any advice for kind of maybe taking some of those steps? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is to not put so much pressure, you know, and to not, compare. I think we live in a day and age where we're constantly, you know, being hit with social media and billboards and, you know, technology of like, oh, this person there, they just got a number one or their songs on the radio or, you know, just like, what, what are they doing that I'm not doing, you know, that's working. And, um, I think when we start to compare and we start to put that pressure on ourselves, that's when we, that's when we are the most frustrated and we find ourselves just in this hole of like, ugh. but I think if the thing that I'm learning, like I said, is just be you, you know, and it doesn't have to sound like anything, you know, like, uh, God has given us each a unique gift, you know, and as long as we are, if we have to just get alone and go in our, you know, quiet place and just say, God, you know, what is it that I bring to the table? What is it that, you know, it might sound like something we've heard before, but it might not, but just don't be afraid to take a risk and don't be afraid to go there and just write and sing or play whatever comes the most naturally, whatever makes you feel alive. Sure. So we saw, um, I think we saw you in, in Salt this year, um, leading with Henry Seeley, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, so are you, are you um, 
Are you with the Belonging Co. currently, or were you just guest? Yeah. Uh, a guest artist that weekend, or? No, I am. I go to church at the Belonging and um, lead. I'm on a rotation as one of the worship leaders there, and we have some awesome just worship leaders that go to that church and um, work. I don't know if it's public yet, but we are working on some new music. Sure. We have some originals um, that people have been asking about. And right. so, um, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun to be a part of the belonging. I'll, I love it. I'll jump in real quick. I know in our in our community page, almost like maybe a couple of weeks after Salt, someone had like video like videoed the worship of, uh, I think the song was Peace Be Still, and it was kind of like watching a bunch of people yeah. trying, trying to like reverse engineer that song because nobody could find a recording of it. So I know there's, yeah. there's definitely people who are like, what are these songs? Like, I want to do this in my church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have been writing a ton just as a church and sure. as a team, and so we've had a lot of songs that have just started to come out of our church, and, you know, whether that's from just like, we're on stage and we're worshiping and just a spontaneous song comes out and we're like, Oh, that needs to be a song. And then we get together and we write it. You know, a lot of the songs are, have come out of that place of just, you know, our team getting together and worshiping, you know, and so I'm, I'm excited. I don't really have a lot of info or, you know, when, when that will be out or, but I know we're working on it. So stay tuned. <laughs> how, how did you get into music? Were, were you, were, did you grow up in church or did, were you a music major or how did that happen? Um, I did grow up in church. Um, my family, they're pretty much all musicians except for my mom. She's a nurse. <laughs> so um, she kind of kept us all grounded, but I have three siblings and we're all in music. And then my dad, he was a producer, engineer, songwriter, musician, singer, and um, I started playing piano with him just as he, he was a song leader at our church, just in a small town in Alabama. And so I started just kind of playing behind him as he led. And then he gave me a microphone. I started singing, you know. And then as we, um, as I grew up in the church, I started leading at my youth group. And um, that band, my youth band, just kind of formed a band that traveled and um, it's kind of, you know, evolved since day one of just being in different bands and being Mm -hmm. around musicians and church constantly. And so, yeah, I've always grown up in it. Where where do you see yourself in in like five years or or where would you like to be in in five years? That's a good question. Um, (laughs) um, I mean, I... I'm one of those that I don't really think about five years from now. I I just, I try to focus on, you know, my day today and this week and, you know, just the task before me and trying to be the best person that I can be and loving people and, and even at my music, trying to make excellent music and, and not really having it's okay to have expectations, but at the same time, I don't have expectations, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I just, because sometimes my my idea of success is not always God's idea of success. And where I am five years from, you know, where I am now from five years ago, I never even thought, you know, that this would happen. I mean, I was, I was an artist on Sparrow 8 eight or nine years ago, and I toured for three years and 
did the whole music thing and then it kind of all fell apart and I took a long break and got married and lived real life and I never thought that I would ever get this life back, you know, of being an artist and and writing again and making a project again. Um, but here I am. God's redeemed that. God's redeemed so much in my life, and so I'm so thankful for that. Um, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll have kids, hopefully, and you know, just enjoying life and hopefully still making music and working mm-hmm. on projects and traveling. I mean, I love, I love what I do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hope to make you know continue to make a living off of that and you know to just continue to inspire people to be themselves and um just you know i love i love what i'm doing so hopefully i'll still do that in five years (laughs) what so what what was it like to to go through you said there was a period where you kind of put down your your dreams i guess for a little while what like what did god teach you in that how did god work through that with you i'm sure there's going to be great encouragement for somebody who maybe feels like they're in that season right now um yeah what did god teach you through that um he really taught me just my identity um, was the main thing. Sure. I, for so long, you know, like I said, I grew up in music, and music was all that I knew. I mean, from day one, I knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to do this. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to make music. Um, but the problem was I didn't really know anything other than that. <laughs> and I went straight from high school, graduated high school into signing a record deal, my first record deal when I was 18 and touring and living my dream world, having it all just like handed to me. And in a way, I I took that for granted, you know, and I didn't realize what I had. I didn't appreciate it. I wasn't grateful for it um, until it was all stripped away from me. (laughs) And then in that season, I actually... I learned how to, like I said, I got married and my husband and I faced many struggles in our marriage and I was learning how to be a wife and um, I ended up working at a preschool with kids and, you know, wiping baby's bottoms 40 hours a week (laughs) and chasing toddlers around Um, and I did that for a year and a half and it was completely away from the music, completely just, you know, I admire those who are preschool teachers and or teachers of any sure. kind or moms, <laughs> anyone that works with kids, um, because that's what I did. And, and it was like hard, but it was the best thing for me because mm-hmm. it really showed me who I was away from the music and showed me who I was in Jesus as well. And so um, now I'm able to walk into this season having been, like I said, God redeeming everything, giving it back to me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm so much more grateful, you know, yeah. and I appreciate this and I just want to hold on to it, you know, and just, um, just like I said, just be grateful. Sure. And so it was very necessary. It was a good process. Right. <laughs> what do you, um, like what's God teaching you now, like in this season? Um, honestly, I have been, um, really just like diving into his word. Um, this year I started, which I've never done this before, but I, I'm doing the Bible in a year <laughs> app. Yeah. Um, and I, cause you know, I, I'm really great about just like praying and having conversations with the Lord and, you know, just 
in my car or wherever I am, you know, mm-hmm. getting away and just like talking to the Lord. But sometimes I don't always just sit and receive from him and, and really dive into his word and ask him what he's saying. Sure. <laughs> and so this year I feel like he's really challenged me to really um, dive into what he's saying and what he wants to do. And even just reading Bible stories that I haven't read in a, in a while or just reading them from a different perspective now, having, you know, been a little bit older rather than, you know, like the story of Moses and Noah and the ark and like, you know, just sure. like things that you're like, Oh, I know that story. I've heard it all my life, yeah. but just, you know, reading it now, my eyes are opened and, um, this has been really inspiring. And I feel like God is speaking to me as, as I'm reading his word. It's like, you know, when we ask to hear God's voice, it's like, and we don't read our Bible we don't read his word. Yeah. It's like waiting. I heard someone say it's like waiting for a text message or a phone call with your phone being off. (laughs) And so I've learned to just open up his word and just receive from Mm. him and study. And, um, and it's, I feel like I'm having an inner revival. It's just, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. Who are you, who are your influences? Um, like musically as a vocalist or as a musician, writer, um, not not just Christian, but secular, either one. Um, well, I grew up in gospel music. <laughs> so I loved um, like Israel Houghton and uh, Kirk Franklin. I love like Tasha Cobbs and um, that I love that world, just the gospel world. Yeah. Um, and that's always been an influence um, for me since I was a kid. And then now, you know, I listen to, uh, I think Bethel is my favorite worship um, albums that come out. I love what they're doing. Um, I love just like random. I have Spotify playlists that just have people that no one's ever heard of because I just am a music junkie and I'll go on and I'll just pull anything that I like. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, um, and, you know, pop, I love Ellie Golding, I love her voice. Um, Astrid S, Broods, like there's a ton of people that I listen to, I listen to all kinds of music. So mm-hmm. I love music. <laughs> so your 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 next album is it going to be um, more instruments or more electronic? Um, it's more electronic. Um, I don't have a ton of real. I have guitar and piano and stuff like that but it's mainly programming um you know like I said we're still kind of in the middle of working on it but um but I am going to do like after I release my record and these songs I'm gonna do kind of what I've done on YouTube before with other people's songs is I've just kind of stripped them down Mm -hmm. and just played it on my piano and sing it or strip it down to an acoustic guitar. And it kind of, you know, it's crazy how much different a song can sound when it's got all this instrumentation or production on it and you just strip it down. You're like, Oh, I can do that. You know, (laughs) because sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating, especially for worship leaders and people who do these songs at their churches, you know, that have teams and worship bands. Um, You know, sometimes they listen to songs like, you know, even Hillsong Young and Free just did it. They, released an album with a lot of production and then they just released kind of a more stripped down acoustic album. And so I'll probably do the same thing. Yeah. Do you, um, 
I guess when you when you've done arrangements like that, what's like the you got any advice for somebody who wants to try to maybe do that? Like, what do you start from? If it's a, take like a Young and Free song, it's a bunch of electronic stuff. Do you start with a guitar? Sit down, take the melody. Like, you got any any kind of practical advice for somebody that wants to maybe try that with some songs? Um. Well, I I'm a piano player, sure. so I usually just um, listen to the song and figure out the chords. Um, I I pretty much play by ear, sure. so I listen to the bass note and find key or find chords <laughs> and yeah. um and i just start playing it on piano and if it's fast sometimes i slow it down you know right. um or vice versa and just kind of like i said earlier just kind of make it my own and um so there's no there's no right or wrong way to do it i mean sure. i've brought i've brought in some people on my channel before um just mm -hmm. to kind of do like a duet and you know kind of produce my own version of like a stripped down yeah. version of it but um not trying to like completely copy or mimic what the original version sure. was but just kind of you know be, have fun with it and yeah. make it my own as, as a pianist are you into like like keys like are you into like vintage keys or, or new soft synths or are you into, into that stuff um my husband is. <laughs> I'm not really. Um, we're both piano players, and so um, he loves gear and all that stuff. But I'm, I mean, I'm good with just give me a grand piano or upright piano, and I'll just go. You know, a more um, traditional classic. Yeah, I mean, I love. I have so my setup even on Winter Jam right now is. I have we actually have three keyboards and a drummer instead of not a lot a lot of my new stuff doesn't have guitar mm. or you know in it and so we mainly use just program um, stuff on computers keyboard and uh, SPDSX for my drummer and tracks are playing <laughs> and so um, a lot of piano happening in my new music but. And I kind of go Art. back and forth between singing without playing and then kind of, and then I have a couple songs that I play. Um, but yeah, so we have, we have a lot of piano happening. So live, you ha you're just using a keyboard, but with like a, a traditional piano sound or? I am. Um, and then my husband, I wish I knew like all of the fancy terms, but I really don't. My husband is using a Moog. And then he has like um, a setup that he has on his computer that he runs, you know, pads off of or, you know, just different instrumentation or synth sounds. And then I have another keyboard player and he's like my main piano player, but he runs all of my tracks and click and, um, you know, synth sounds, everything. So there's a lot of synth going on. <laughs> Cool. So I wish I knew, like I said, all of the fancy terms, but I don't. <laughs> so when you release your album, are you going to um, do the multi-tracks thing where people can download your tracks? Yes, I will. Awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds like we'll need it. Right? Yes. Yeah. And it's a, it's not going to be like as intense as you think. I'm probably making it sound more intense than it is, but <laughs> it's going to be. It's, it's Don't be intimidated by it. <laughs> 
That's it for this week's episode. As always, if you could head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It really helps us become more visible over there. And if you've listened all the way through this and you are not plugged into our community page on Facebook, you are missing out. Look up the Church Collective community on Facebook, and I'd love to see you there.